Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Today we are actually meeting our storytellers. This is episode 86 of The Storytellers, and I am delighted to have Shauna J. Edwards, who has a BA in literature from Harvard. She has a law degree from NYU. She's a former corporate lawyer. She's doing really interesting things, which we'll talk about as well. I also have Allison Richmond, who is a international bestseller. Her books have been translated into 22 languages. And together, these two writers merged their talents to create a book that I have fallen in love with called The Thread Collectors. Thank you and welcome to you both. Thank you so much, Grace. It's really great. You know, I had you on my other show with a group of other authors and your story, both in terms of The Thread Collectors and how you collaborate, totally captivated me. So Shauna, start us out. Tell us about your book. Absolutely. So The Thread Collectors, you're going to meet two couples, one Black and one Jewish. And the Black couple is comprised of Stella. She is enslaved and she's at home. She's creating out of repurposed thread and thought these covert maps for enslaved men to flee to join the Union Army. She's in love with a brilliant musician who's also enslaved William. William decides that he's going to flee as well. And on the battlefields of Louisiana, William meets another brilliant musician, Jacob Kling. Jacob is a German Jewish soldier. And together, these two men really find a love of music and commonality. Jacob's been encouraged to join the Union Army by his fiery abolitionist wife, Lily Kling, who's living up in New, uh, New York. It's not a spoiler, but she's described to look a lot like my beautiful co-author, Allison. And you, over time during the Civil War, you find out how these four people who are from very different circumstances, different faiths, different heritages, different races, how their lives have more in common than you would think. That's not the first time you've said that. <laughs> That is the best book description. I, I know as an author, the hardest part for me is always writing that book blurb in the back. So Shauna, you totally nailed that. Allison, what would you add? <laughs> I would add nothing. That's why I love hearing Shauna describe the book because I think she does it so beautifully. Um, even the rhythm in which she describes it, there's this beautiful cadence. So I, I'm entranced. I want to read that book, even though <laughs> I know I had a part writing it. How did your collaboration come together? So Shona and I have been friends for over a decade, actually 13 years this year. So our friendship is really, you know, it's, it's been it's been lengthy. We hope to have many, many years um, more of our friendship. But uh, we we met in sort of this unlikely uh, you know place. It was when Shauna was a corporate attorney. I'm married to a corporate attorney, and our lives sort of co collided at this uh, attorney's reception. And we instantly gravitated towards each other. And what we discovered is that we had the, a mutual love of books, you know, that she loved to read. Um, and when she discovered I was an author, her eyes sort of grew wide. And she right away said that she always dreamt of writing a book. So I knew that right from the first minute I met Shauna. And then, you know, fast forward 13 years later, and I guess we'll talk more deeply um, as the interview goes on, but uh, I had a very rough seed, you know, seed for an idea. And... In the very beginning, I, I shared that idea with Shauna, 
Uh, just curious if she thought it would, might be a good book, a book that she'd want to read. What you know, I had gone to her book club in the past. What you know, this seemed like something that had any sort of you know good roots to to grow into something. But I didn't end up writing the book. And then fast forward years, you know, a few years later, I just returned to how how much Shauna her reaction was to that, and how much she built with the story when I told it to her. And so our collaboration began, you know several years after that initial idea for what soon developed to be a very different and more enriching, you know, more layered book. And Shauna, you were not an author. You wanted to be an author. So what moved you forward in this journey? Well, you're right. I was not an author. I'm privileged to know I'm now wearing so many different hats. The fact that I get to add author is like the best hyphenate ever. The only better one would be like if I was also like Rihanna at the same time, but one of those is not going to come true. Um, it really, never say never. Never say never, but it really was Allison's offer. You know, when she reached out, it was 2020. And working in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and by that I mean helping a global organization figure out how to respond to internal and external calls for greater racial justice and social justice, I was depleted and I was also feeling like, how can I make an impact, right? I was a little lost. And when Allison reached out and offered this opportunity to collaborate on a Civil War novel, I mean, first I was scared, right? I'm, I'm not suggesting that I was like jumping in in both feet, but because we can all remember that time. It was a pandemic. It was really, really fraught conversations around race and justice and the history of Black people in America. But I came to see the opportunity as a place to really make an impact, which I had wanted to do, but also marry it with this dream that I've had forever to write a novel. So it was, it was like, the opportunity met the vision, met the bravery all at the same time. And, you know, I, I don't know Allison beyond our interviews, but what a great opportunity to partner with someone who is an international bestseller. <laughs> so I, I think that that was, you know, a generosity of spirits on both of your parts that you came together. And I remember from another interview where you said this book is very much written by both of you. Mm -hmm. Could you could you address well, that well, from from the moment that we sort of decided that we were going to try and see if we could write this book together? Because as Shauna mentioned, she was a little fearful. Also, she has a full time job that's very demanding. And I've known Shauna long enough to know she doesn't want to do anything unless she knows she can do it well, like, and you know, and, and deliver. She's someone who like if she tells you she's going to be there at three, she's there at three, you know. So I think we needed to feel that we were going to have a trial period to see, well, can we write together? How is the chemistry in doing it? Because it was new for both of us. And so we decided we were going to try and write 40 pages together uh, and then see if we could sell the book on proposal. And so as Shauna mentioned, it was during... Um, COVID. And we were, you know, I hadn't gone on the Long Island Railroad into the city since COVID had been, as we were all sheltering in place. But we decided we were going to meet together in the park and we were going to brainstorm about, you know, our intention to write, you know, what we wanted to bring to this book. We both wanted to draw from our family's um, unique histories and sort of channel the souls of our ancestors as we were creating, you know, these new characters. But we also wanted to see, you know, what kind of voice we were going to create. And we never at, at any point said, I think Shauna, you should write the black characters and Allison, you should write the white characters. From the day, from day one, we decided we wanted to write in one seamless narrative voice to sort of blend our 
you know, our, our, our spirits, you know, obviously we're pulling from different heritages and faiths in our different characters. And so what we decided to do was to use a Google doc and um, we would brainstorm every Sunday night in small increments at a time, almost like 20 pages at a time. We never fully outlined the whole story. Uh, and then we, I would always describe it as sort of, I would create a wire armature over the following few days where the, what we discussed and, and envisioned together had um, shape and form and a very thin layer of clay. But then I would let Shauna know it was up there and then she would go in and she would add her layers of clay. And then I would go back and add, and we never moved forward from those pages until we each felt that it looked and, and sounded exactly the way we saw the story. And we'd also leave notes for each other. We, you know, that's the great thing about a Google Doc. Like I could say, I think we need description of, of, of you know, the topography of New Orleans. I wouldn't even take a stab at that. Or we need some dialogue about here. And then she would fill it in. Um, or we'd also leave messages that said, you know, I think we need to discuss this word or, you know, I don't I, I don't know if I'm seeing this the same way. And then we'd have a conversation and we'd fix it. And also, I mean, I love the times where we would fix it together. So I could see her little cursor that said Shauna and she would be adjusting, you know, the dialect and things. And so I could see almost into her mind at the same time. So it really it was extraordinary, the, the process, so different than what I'm used to when I'm writing by myself. So much better. <laughs> I, I love to have that insight into both of your brains and how that works. I'm, I'm coming out with several books right now and they are all being done on Google Docs and uh, it is a learning curve, but it is such a rewarding experience. Sean, I wanna go to you. Allison uh, talked briefly about how you wanted to honor both of your hi histories and your ancestry. How much of your ancestry is in this book? So I would say that Allison has direct characters that, you know, for instance, her great great uncles fought on opposite sides of the Civil War. So Jacob Kling, who is a musician in the Civil War, um, that is a direct inspiration. My inspiration was more about the broader African-American culture, issues of colorism, and also many of the dynamics between the women the Black women. So all of the Black women um, are family names for me. Stella, that's actually my mother's name. So you know we had to make our main heroine great because then I would have been barred from my house. Um, but this idea of embroidery, just that initial idea, was sparked by the fact that while I'm not a quilt maker, I'm privileged enough that my grandmother and my great-grandmother were quilt makers. And those are our heirlooms. You know, my mother was born on a cotton farm in Hoston, Louisiana, a sharecropping farm, candidly. And she didn't have much, but this willingness and I guess spark to like take these remnants and create something that's beautiful and utilitarian and unexpected has been something that's been passed down for me. So when I immediately thought of that idea of embroidery and repurpose of cloth and thread, that is a direct through line. We also tackle something that's a little bit harder in the book, and that's the issue of colorism. And for those of our listeners who may not be as familiar, colorism is the preference because of colonialism and white supremacy for people who are fairer skinned. Um, and in New Orleans and in the South and in America at large, that has been very impactful on society. And importantly, it's been impactful on my life and my family's life. My father came from a family that was far fairer than my mother's family. And in many ways, their economic destiny was controlled by their skin tone. Mm -hmm. And that is the inspiration behind the character Amine. Amine is Stella's 
half-sister, Amine, is fully Black, while Stella is biracial, Black and white. And Amine is essentially an enslaved person living in her enslaved sister's home. And that dynamic for me was important because I think I was trying to, as I think authors do, work out something of my life on the page. I want to get back to several things, but I don't want to have Allison um, miss the opportunity to talk a little bit more about how your in ancestry um, influenced this and then kind of the marching towards each other that these characters do in the story. So growing up with my, my grandmother is no longer with us, but when she was, she was a wonderful storyteller and I had a very close relationship with her. I think she loved telling me stories because she knew I was interested and I always was like, tell me more, tell me more. But one of the things that she shared with me from the time I was a little girl was that on her maternal side, uh, the family had emigrated from Germany in the 1830s. And according to her, I had two great, great, great uncles who fought on opposite sides of the civil war. Um, and, you know, she used to joke and say, you know, we have relatives down south, but um, we, you know, the family was forever, this she didn't joke about, but that the, the family was permanently divided after, you know, they decided to fight on opposite sides. And she would joke around and say, we have nothing to do with them anymore, but I've heard from my grandmother that they're all Baptists now. So I always sort of, you know, as I, I, I first of all, I, I knew it was very unusual to have Jewish relatives who fought on the Civil War. I mean, at that point, I hadn't done the research and learned that only 8,000 Jewish soldiers fought, um, you know, during the Civil War, not because they were unpatriotic, but at the time that the war took place, there was only Jewish people were, the Jewish population was only a half a percent. But to put it into context, over 180,000 Black men fought in the Civil War, which was 10% of the Union Army. So I'd always thought it would be an interesting relationship to mine in a possible historical novel. These two brothers who are children of immigrants themselves, who are outsiders themselves, who choose to fight on different sides and how this permanently cleaves the family forever. But um, it wasn't until uh, I started discussing it more deeply with Shauna and had this idea that was built upon after seeing a PBS documentary called Death in the Civil War, um, which highlighted the, the, you know, the Black contribution in the Civil War, fighting for freedom, but also how unjust they were unjustly treated they were and how they were forced to, you know, to dig ditches and latrines and bury the Civil War dead, which were the white soldiers. Um, and also something in the documentary which really fascinated me was um, these maps that were supposedly created by fellow soldiers for their fallen brothers um, in the hope that when the war ended, these maps could be given to their family members and, and hopefully that they could use the maps to be able to, you know, you know, basically find out where the bodies were and bring them back up north to be you know, buried properly. And so I did start thinking about this book that perhaps drawing upon my own family history of these two brothers and what happens with them, maybe there was also a story about two soldiers, one Jewish and one black who have an unexpected friendship on the, on the battlefield, that they are linked in something. And in the case of our book, we decided to make it music using my family history of having a musician with Jacob Kling in the Union Army, but also, also this sense of unexpected friendship. Um, and, you know, what happens during a time of war if music can emerge even in the darkest times. So, you know, as Shauna mentioned, we were drawing from all different places, family stories, um, you know, different things that have fascinated us over the year. 
But together, we wanted to build something that did have um, a sense of bridging the divide in a time when the world was so so fragile, so fractured. We wanted to feel that when by the time you got to the last page of the thread collectors, that you also were filled with a sense of hope. Beautifully stated from both of you. I think, you know, Shauna started us out with that same sense of a, a divided time. Uh, my book came out right after um, George Floyd's murder and the division that we saw throughout our country. Um, you know, Shauna introduced us to a term called colorism, you know, so I, I think that there's so many things that um, as a white woman, I continue, even though I have a biracial family, there are things that, you know, I don't know about and I love the opportunity to learn. Um, I love that we've switched the language from slaves to enslaved people. Uh, I think that those language pieces are very, very important. You both, uh, my word, not yours, idyllically talked about the writing process. Were there times where you had to confront some of your own issues? So I think that there are maybe two types of challenges that we took on. Um, first were challenges that we were united in. It, there were times when we were getting pushback from our early readers where they suggested that maybe we did not need to show certain aspects of what antebellum life was really like, particularly for enslaved people. And while, as Allison mentioned, this book does have light, we think that's important to not sugarcoat history and juxtapose it against the reality. And I think we were both united. And I, I love Allison for this. I both respect and love her for the fact that if something was important to me, you know, that I felt it was important for people to confront the realities of slavery, it was important to her. So those were some of the challenges that we faced. But in terms of challenges with each other, I think everybody wants some scandalous, juicy story. Like there was like hair pulling about a scene or a pillow fight, but like there wasn't anything of that nature. And part of it is because of the way we wrote the book in times it was asynchronous. So we could leave a note, like let's discuss. And then it wasn't like knee jerk, emotionally driven. It was like, I have a perspective I'd like to share with you. And a lot of times that was around the use of language and the language that we use to describe, you know, people that may hit the ear of someone else differently. And then sometimes it's just about not necessarily being grounded in someone's experience. I'll give you an example to make it concrete. So Allison never made me feel like a junior writing partner. And often when we were brainstorming, she would say, tell me how you see this scene. We have one scene where the two Jewish brothers who are on opposite sides of the question of slavery are speaking, and they happen to be speaking about it over Passover. And when Allison invited me to tell her how I thought we should go into the scene, I was focused on maybe the Southern brother talking about the economics of the situation and, you know, wanting to preserve his business. And she very um, gently but firmly said, I'm uncomfortable with that because I think it perpetuates a stereotype that Jewish people um, are willing to subvert their values for economic gain. And I might not have the words exactly right. Allison's much better remembering every word, but I heard her. And I think that our commitment to hearing each other and honoring the other person's perspective, particularly when it came down to a perception about someone of their identity, someone of their race, faith, et cetera, was really important and informative and allowed us not to have those 
you know, hair pulling episodes, because we were really coming from a place of like wanting to learn and listen. Allison, anything oh, to add? <laughs> um, so yes, definitely. I mean, there was a scene that takes place a little bit, you know, towards the end of the book, where in my first pass, after we had discussed plot-wise what was happening, um, I knew that Lily, one of our characters, had to 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 get some information that would take her to another place in in, in this part of the city. And so I had her go into a church and there she meets a, you know, a young black girl who overhears the conversation that Lily's having with the priest. And the little girl says, I know where this person is. And she tells her, you know, Lily the information. So I wrote that scene and I said, you know, Lily was surprised, but so happy that the little girl was able to show her the way. So I tell Shauna that the Google Doc is up and, you know, Shauna reads. And when I open the, the, you know, the computer screen the next day, there's a little note with Shauna. And again, all of our notes, they were never hostile. They were just notes. And it just says, can we discuss? Okay, so we have to discuss lots of things. So when um, I got on the phone with Shauna, Shauna said, um, well, when you were writing this, you know, passage, why do you think that Lily was surprised that the little black girl had the information? And I said, because she's probably only like, I don't know, six, seven years old. And Shauna said, but you probably, I mean, you have to think about it, Allison. You know, at that time, a little black girl would have been roaming around the streets, would have had all this, this information. I don't want to highlight that, that Lily's surprised. I want to highlight that she's impressed with her knowledge and her wisdom and sort of, you know, really highlight that. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And so we, we changed it. But it made me as a writer really reflect, again, what Shauna had said before, is that we each hear words differently. And we don't intend them to be hurtful, but we also have to keep our ears open to learn how other people hear them differently. And also to try and really rectify language that is, is making particularly someone of a, you know, a marginalized community not seem intelligent, not seem strong, and not seem, you know, you know, that they're they possess this, you know, in, in essential information. That's what we should be highlighting. And it's such a good lesson to learn because I think often when you're writing yourself, you're not thinking about words in that way. You're thinking about how you're describing a scene and moving the plot along, but you're not thinking about the impact of words on other people and how they hear them. So I it's just another you know good thing about the collaborative process. Uh, and I can't thank you enough. Our time, believe it or not, is over. Uh, thank you both. I have learned from you again. Your book is beautiful. It's an important book. Uh, historically, it's an important book for all of us to read. And I love both of your uh, ways to say that we need to listen to each other and the words and words matter. Thank you both for being a guest on The Storytellers. Thank you, Grace. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. Thank you both. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.